Either way, estrogen dominance is very prevalent today and it's really a symptom of this world that we live in. Welcome back to the Spring to Life podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host slash hormone health coach, fertility awareness educator, Pilates instructor, and creator of the Spring to Life method. My goal is to promote feminine body independence and share stories of female resiliency to help you love your body more and unleash your inner superpower, your period. And just quick before we dive into today's episode, make sure you're following the show so you get the latest episode wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And without further ado, let's dive into this week's topic. So last week we discussed moon cycling and how you can use the phases of the moon to help you reclaim your menstrual cycle if you have irregular or missed periods or you just wanna get things a little bit more balanced out. And another aspect of that, another approach that you can take is nutrition. And so this week we're going to be specifically talking about what it means to eat for estrogen and progesterone balance. So those are our two main hormones that are at play each month during our menstrual cycle. It's very common to be estrogen dominant. That might mean you have regular levels of estrogen and low progesterone or regular levels of progesterone and high estrogen. toxic types of estrogens from synthetic sources, whether it's in food or in chemicals or just in like things that we touch, like even plastics throughout the day. So making sure that you're using food as medicine to encourage balance in your body is so important. So this is something that I cover in depth in my Get Synced program, but I wanted to share some of it with you as well. Um, and maybe you'll want to dive in a little further and um, go through that program and get your hormones in balance and achieve your goals. So your body's goal each month, whether you like it or not, is ovulation. That is the whole point. A lot of times we put the uh, emphasis on our period, but that is just the result of ovulation. The main event each month is ovulation. And efficient ovulation requires adequate levels of estrogen to fuel the growing egg and trigger the ovulation process. So your estrogen starts to rise following menstruation and this kind of mirrors your rising energy levels. Following ovulation, estrogen production drops off. Um, and that's when progesterone should be picking up (laughs) in its place. Uh, In general, estrogen is a proliferative hormone. It's responsible for growth of not just eggs in your ovaries, but breast and uterine tissue and even bones. And so then post-ovulation, progesterone steps in to offset the lack of estrogen. Progesterone can only be produced from the empty gland left when the egg is released from the follicle in the ovary. So no ovulation, no progesterone. If you're on hormonal birth control, you're most likely not ovulating, you're not getting progesterone. This is detrimental to our health as a whole because we need progesterone to balance out the proliferative effects of estrogen. It's really important for brain and bone health. 
Um, this is a huge factor, I think, in why women are so at risk for osteoporosis later in life because if you're not getting progesterone in your body for years on end, yes, your bones are going to be more brittle. So it's really important. Progesterone is the yin to estrogen's yang. It maintains tissue and balances out the effects of estrogen in the body. Adequate estrogen levels ensure no PMS symptoms occur. So if you're someone that experiences horrible PMS symptoms or really painful periods every month, that's your body telling you something's wrong. That is not normal. It's a symptom and it's something that can be addressed. So the things that we're gonna talk about today are gonna be really helpful and honestly really simple things that you can do um, just by simply making sure you're eating the right foods. So like I said, supporting ovulation is really important. It's the main event of each cycle and without it, there cannot be a regular cycle or a healthy period. Eating to support ovulation is the name of the game here. We require adequate amounts of protein, carbohydrates, and fat, including a variety of color fruits, colorful fruits and vegetables for micronutrients. So some foods that support ovulation include eggs, fatty fish, dark leafy greens, citrus fruits, berries, beans, legumes, pumpkin seeds. What do these things all have in common? They're whole nutrient dense foods. We wanna be getting a lot of protein. We wanna be getting a lot of healthy fats. We wanna be getting a lot of vitamins and minerals in our diet. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I mentioned that estrogen dominance or ex excess estrogen is very prevalent and it can occur in two instances like i said too much estrogen and normal levels of progesterone or normal estrogen and too little progesterone so higher than normal estrogen levels are typically attributed to inefficient detoxification Estrogen is first deactivated in the liver and then eliminated through your gut. So both the liver and the gut microbiome must be functioning efficiently for estrogen to be detoxed. Otherwise, it can be reactivated and reabsorbed into the bloodstream through the process of gut liver recirculation. So, I mean, imagine you're throwing your trash out and you take the trash outside, but the trash doesn't come and pick it up, you haven't paid your trash bill, so they come and dump it back inside your house. That's basically <laughs> some pretty gross <laughs> analogy there, but that's kind of what's happening with estrogen if your liver and your gut are not functioning properly. So what we wanna do is eat to support liver function and a healthy gut microbiome. How do we do that? A healthy liver requires the nutrients folate, vitamins B6 and B12, so lots of B vitamins, zinc, selenium, magnesium, and protein. So things like alcohol and endocrine disrupting chemicals also disrupt liver function. So in addition to these foods we're gonna talk about, we also wanna make sure we're cutting back on alcohol and reducing our exposure to any potential endocrine disruptors that could be in our cleaning products, our body care products, uh, fragrances, things like that. All right, so let's talk about foods that support liver function. We talked about folate, things like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, leafy green vegetables, like cabbage, kale, spring greens, spinach, peas, chickpeas, kidney beans, liver, okay? Vitamin B6 can be found in pork, poultry, wheat germ, oats, bananas, milk, B12 is in meat, fish, milk, eggs, and cheese. Zinc, 
something that we can all use as we're going into the fall cold season to boost our immunity as well. That's found in oysters, dark chocolate, eggs, pumpkin seeds, legumes, meat, cashews, chickpeas, shellfish. Selenium is found in Brazil nuts, beef, brown rice, and eggs chicken, fish, sunflower seeds, turkey, and mushrooms, and then magnesium, my favorite micronutrient, dark leafy greens, avocado, dark chocolate, bananas, beans, pumpkin seeds, cashews, and almonds. Now, whew, let me catch my breath. I've talked about this before. I have a whole episode on magnesium, but we do not get the same amount of magnesium from our fruits and vegetables that we once did because our soil is so depleted of these nutrients. So sometimes supplementation is necessary. I am a huge fan of the mellow magnesium that I take from Ned. I've noticed a huge difference in just my overall state of well-being since I started taking it, man, probably almost a year ago now I've been drinking it. I drink it pretty much every morning when I take my supplements. So adding magnesium in, especially if you deal with a lot of stress, can be really beneficial. So let's talk about a healthy gut microbiome. It requires good bacteria and a diverse range of whole foods. So things like too much gluten, seed oils, and sugar can severely affect gut health, which is also going to impair immunity and mental health because our gut health is our mental health i should say is completely dependent on our gut health if you have a really unhealthy gut microbiome if you have poor digestion chances are you're going to be dealing with mood swings mood disorders anxiety depression things like that and starting to address it through your diet first can really take you leaps and bounds forward in your healing process so foods that support a healthy gut microbiome we wanna focus on prebiotic and probiotic foods. So prebiotic foods are things that have healthy fiber in them, onions, artichokes, leeks, asparagus, bananas, oats, jicama, garlic, apples, berries, beans, so lots of fruits and vegetables. And then probiotic foods are things like bone broth, kefir, kimchi, miso, sauerkraut, kombucha, pickled vegetables, yogurt, tempeh, and cottage cheese, what do these things all have in common? Almost all of them are fermented, except for bone broth that contains a lot of um, obviously good bacteria, but healthy fats and uh, collagen and things like that that are really bolstering for your gut health. So including all of these things in your diet are going to help support a healthy detoxification process in your body so that you're eliminating the estrogen that you don't need and that's gonna help to stabilize levels in your body. So that's how we support ovulation and estrogen detox. On the other side of things, we want to be making sure we have adequate levels of progesterone. Now, as I mentioned earlier, if you deal with any type of PMS symptoms from breast tenderness to spotting to migraines to heavy cramping, chances are you could use a little progesterone power up. Things that also come into play here are stress management and nervous system regulation. These are things that I cover pretty in depth in Get Synced in the first month of the Hot Girl Hormone Habit Challenge. So if you feel like you could really use some support there, that would be a good place for you to start. But food as medicine is also incredibly powerful here for progesterone production. So like I said, you have to have ovulation occurring first. So you wanna eat to support ovulation But then we also want to eat to support progesterone production. 
So nuts, dark chocolate, poultry, citrus fruits, dark leafy greens, bell peppers, avocados, salmon, shrimp, cruciferous vegetables, things like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, um, oats, grass-fed beef, sunflower and sesame seeds. If you listened to last week's episode, I kind of talked a little bit about seed cycling. So that's where that comes into play. All of those things are going to help support progesterone production. Magnesium is a big one here as well. And something else that I'll add is Brazil nuts. If your thyroid is not functioning, uh, effectively or up to par, chances are your progesterone production is also lagging. So adding two Brazil nuts a day to get the adequate levels of selenium that you need for your thyroid is also going to benefit you in terms of progesterone. So that was a lot. I know I just listed off a ton of foods at you, but what do all of these foods have in common? They are whole, minimally processed, nutrient-dense foods. It can be tempting to get caught up in foods for each specific phase, especially if you're like new to cycle syncing, which it can be really fun, but it can also be overwhelming and not always cost effective if you're, you know, especially if you're buying things out of season. So you just want to stick to the basics, like maintaining balanced blood sugar with high protein meals and snacks that include a wide variety of fruits and vegetables. Hopefully you cannot hear the person that is using an electric saw outside my window. Um, Anyway, so balance your blood sugar, high protein meals and snacks. You wanna focus on ovulation supporting foods in the first half of your cycle. So that's from menses to ovulation and progesterone supporting foods in the second half post ovulation up until your next menses. Estrogen detoxing foods are important all the time. And again, there's a lot of overlap here. We always want to be supporting gut and liver health. Uh, And if you are really interested in adding more variety and phase specification, think seasonally when it comes to produce, spring fruits and vegetables in the follicular phase, summer fruits and vegetables in the ovulatory phase, and so on. On a more macro level, I prefer myself to just eat seasonally for whatever region it is that I'm living in. So I'm in Northwest Montana. We just had a beautiful season with all these stone fruits and berries and things that were just so plentiful. And now we're moving into a pretty cold winter. I can tell it's coming already. We're, we have nice weather for fall, but already I can see the shift in the store of the produce, which means that I am going to be eating a lot of frozen berries, which honestly, that's fine. Berries are high in fiber. They're one of the best fruits that you can be eating for your menstrual cycle. They're high in fiber, low glycemic in general, and you can put them in smoothies. You can thaw them out and have yogurt bowls or, you know, whatever, make a jam, make it with your oats in the morning. There's a lot of ways that you can incorporate frozen fruits into your diet and even frozen vegetables as well, especially when things go out of season. So I think thinking seasonally on a macro level when it comes to produce is a really good way to go. All right, I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Like I said, if you want to go more in depth on this topic and cycle thinking in general, there is a ton of information, lots of lessons and resources and accountability for you in Get Synced. So I will drop that link in the show notes. 
But thank you so much for tuning in. It's good to be back and I will talk to you next week. Make sure you check out the show notes for all the resources mentioned in this episode. If you learned something new or you resonated with this conversation, please share it. Tag me in your Instagram stories. I'm at spring to life method. Leave a five-star rating and review or simply share it with a girlfriend because all women deserve to know their superpower. 